Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Amen. Help me welcome our internet family, would you? God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. Well, I'm just a crybaby this morning, so sorry about that. Not really. All right. Well, we're doing a series called Fixer Upper, and we totally stole that title and the logo. But it's only about a five-week series, so by the time they get a hold of us, we'll be done, okay? So, plus I hear they're sweet people, so I'm not, not too worried. Fixer Upper. Hey, with every service, every teaching, every series, we have a goal, and that is to help you, but it's also to help you to help others. Uh, if you've flown on an airplane, you know the flight attendant will come on and do the little pre, pre-flight safety thing and in the event that, you know, uh, there's a problem with oxygen in the cabin, uh, air mask will drop. And then what do they tell you? They said, put yours on first, and then you can help anybody else that, that needs you. Because if you run out of air, you're not going to be much of a help, okay? So you help yourself. You know, a lifeguard that's not a good swimmer is not a good lifeguard. So we've got to help you, and then you're there, there to help others. And it's very, very scriptural because we comfort others with the same comfort that we ourselves have been comforted with. Can I get an amen out of the church this morning? So uh, another thing to say to you this morning is at Meadowbrook and in my life, we do not have cliches. I don't like cliches. I don't like trite, little overused, pat phrases. I don't like them. And a lot of them are very true. And there's some real value in them, but they get so overused that they become mindless and heartless. And so we don't have cliches, but we have things that we say all the time. And you'll continue to hear us say these things over and over again. But I want to assure you something, and I want to challenge you to take this same posture, that we say them because they mean something to us, because there's truth in these things. And uh, they warrant being repeated and said over and over again. That being said... If, we, if I was to sum up and describe somehow all that this Christian life, the, the work that God is doing in our life, what we're endeavoring to do, spiritual disciplines and so forth in our life, all of that, if I were to sum up what, what is the end result of that, it is this, is that, that there would be a people that are happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, so that they can what? Be a blessing. Be a blessing. And ultimately what? Bring glory to God. Bring glory to God. So if, if we are happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, the purpose of that is to be a blessing. And then ultimately, like I said, to bring glory to God. But here's where this series comes in for us this morning. For this to happen, that depends upon the health of your soul. And that's what this series will be about is our, our soul. And so the health of our soul is a vital, vital thing. Look with me, if you will, in 3 John 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that, that all may go well with you. Look at that. That all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. How many of you like all to go well with you? 
And there you are, okay. How many of you like to be in good health and be in good health, okay? Notice this, though. That happens as it goes well with your soul. So if I could point this out, it's from the inside out, not the outside in. It's as it goes well with your soul, then all may go well with you outwardly, and that you would e- it would even affect your health. Now, in the New Testament, which is written in Greek, this phrase right here, go well, you don't have to remember this, is the Greek word eudo, uh, E-U-D-O-O, eudo, and it ultimately means this, or a number of things having to do with it, but it ultimately means this, to have a good journey, to have a good journey. So you can have a good trip, a good vacation, a good journey, and it doesn't mean that everything went perfect, but you were able to deal with everything. You had to slow down in traffic, had a little detour, had this, had that, but you made it through, you made good memories, everything worked out for you, and you would consider that a good journey. Amen? Because if you're waiting for everything to be perfect, that's called heaven. We're still in Florida. Okay? And so notice this, that all may, you do, go well with you, and that you may be in good health even as it goes well with your soul. So again, it's from the soul. Things need to be going well in the soul first for it to begin to happen on the outside. So if it goes well in your soul, things are going to be better out this way. The inverse is also true. If it's not well in your soul, then that's going to greatly affect the outside life as well. Your soul needs care. Your soul needs maintenance. Your soul needs protection. Your soul needs restoration. And in this series, I'm going to share things with you that you can do and that you can know that will help you with your soul. But there's also something that you and I cannot do that only Jesus can do. And that is to restore our soul. And we'll be talking about that this morning as well. So life, or let me back up on this, your soul, everybody say my soul. Your soul by by default and by design has to process life and events. And as your soul processes life and events, there's a whole lot of wear and tear on the inside. You feel it. Come on, you feel it. You know, and so tragedy, problems, challenges, all of these things come to you and they, they affect your soul. The last five, six weeks has just been unreal as far as care ministry and things that we've had to deal with 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 just crisis and huge big problems and, you know, tragedy for some families and so forth. That's, that's heavy and that, that weighs, that weighs on you. So you have those big, big things like that. Then you've got other things. Friday, we moved our youngest daughter back to college. That's a good thing. That was a goal. That was a goal that, you know, she's about done with college and to move her back and and uh, she's doing well. She's an honor student. She's on scholarship. You know, we're just so proud of her. But to drop her off and then drive away, it's like, oh, my soul. <laughs> you know, and so it's a good thing. But yet, you know, what happens? Your soul is processing that. Things like that can hurt. Amen. I am this close to finishing all my, my work for my doctoral program. I'm just like this close. And... I don't, I don't graduate until May, but the work is almost done, and it's been years. You know, this has been a long process, and I can feel that I'm getting close to the end. 
And that, while that is a good and noble pursuit, I feel the wear, the tear in my, in my soul. So you have good things, you have heavy things, you have unexpected, horrible things. You have all of these different things and they wear on our souls. They can damage our soul. They can injure our soul. And so life is, and understand this, life is crisis and process. Get used to it. Life is crisis and process. So it's not what, it's not just what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens to you. That is a huge difference. And you're going to see in a moment that largely relates to the soul. So if life is crisis and process, then ministry must be people prepare and people repair. Because as people go through crisis and they have to process, it is the duty of ministry then to help them be prepared for that. And as they go through it, know how to get repaired from that. So all of that kind of comes together as we look at this idea of fixer-upper and our souls. The Bible talks about the soul can be thirsty, it can be hungry, it can need healing, it can be heavy. The soul longs, the soul needs restoration. We understand and could describe the soul as having inflammation, that the soul could actually be irritated in a way. The soul can be restless, confused, bound, heavy, cluttered, dark, depressed. That's where depression would take place, would be, would be in the soul. Look with me in Psalm 23, if you will. I love this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That does not mean I don't want the Lord is my shepherd, okay? The Living Bible, are you all with me? The Living Bible renders it this way. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. That's what that's saying. Verse 2 He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He's taking good care of us. Verse 3, he restores my soul. Say it again. He restores my soul. Let's look at this word restore here for a moment. And the word restores actually means to bring back, to bring back. So if somebody stole your car and the police restore your car to you, they bring it back to you. If somebody stole your car and they ruined your car and, you know, vandalized it and abused it and the police restore the car and that they bring it back to you, you're going to have to get somebody else to restore the car to bring it back to what it was before. So the idea of restore means to bring back to the starting point, to bring back to the beginning, to bring back the color, the freshness, the vibrancy, the life, to bring it back to it. And that's the whole idea of fixer-upper and that's what the Lord does. You know, have you ever seen something, for example, on, on, the, on that television show? Uh, let me show you a few pictures. You've got something and then you kind of restore it. You bring it, you bring it back. Or you've got an outdated kitchen here. Go to the next one. You've got an outdated kitchen. You go, hold on, mister, that's my kitchen. Well, if you updated it, it would look a little more like this. And then here's something really noticeable here. You know, to restore is to bring it back. And some of you this morning, this may be what your soul looks like. And you really could have this. And so what the Lord helps us to do is to restore that and to bring that back. Are you ready to see your fixer-upper? I I stole that too. But uh, we didn't really steal it. All right. Let's look at a few things quickly. Many of you that have been here at Meadowbrook, you'll know these things. But I want to make sure everybody is on the same page. Mankind is a trinity, okay? We're called a trichotomy. Some would teach we're a dichotomy, that we are just two parts. We have three parts. We're three parts, and I'll, I'll show you that in Scripture. Spirit, soul, body. Everybody say it. 
spirit, soul, body. Now, let's look at this. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. So say this with me. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. And it's important that you understand the order of that as well. Your body is like your earth suit. You have to have a body to be on earth, okay? Because to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. So you're not to be disembodied floating around here somewhere, okay? So we are a spirit, and I believe this is temporary. This is temporal, your body. It's only, only going to last so long. And then these, I believe, work closely together and are eternal. And we see, we see enough in Scripture to point that out. And these are hard to separate, especially in an Old Testament concept, because they don't separate them very well. I'll separate them out for you, New Testament, here in just a moment. And so that's why some people just think, well, we're just soul and body or spirit and body or whatever. But no, we are spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Now, look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole, come on, spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Note this, and every word matters, the order counts here. I believe this is the scriptural order of emphasis for who you are. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. It's not body, soul, spirit. I think the, the priority of importance is this, spirit, soul, and body. In Luke chapter 1, watch this. Mary has just been told by an angel, you're going to conceive and bear a child. And that child turned out to be our Lord Jesus coming in the flesh. And Mary's response is this. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Two different things. Now, again, going back into the Greek, and this is, this is just for emphasis here. This word soul and spirit are two different words, just like in First Thessalonians that we saw. Soul here is the, and I only give this to you because we're going to come back to it in a moment, is the Greek word suke, P-S-U-C-H-E. And it's soul. This word for spirit is pneuma. Numa, But we want to look at this idea of suke in just a minute. But my point right now is that these are two different things. So you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Are you with me? We just did a whole bunch of work right there. Okay. Now, the soul and how it functions, your soul has your intellect, your emotions, and your will. Let me simplify that. In your soul is where you think and feel and decide. That's where you think and feel and decide. Guess what else is in your soul? Your conscience and your subconscious, your memories. That's where your storage is. And from, for some of you, that's where your baggage is. And for some of you, you're a hoarder. Okay? And And so we have to process some things, but it's important that you understand that it's with your soul that you think and feel and decide. So the condition of your soul, stay with me on this, the condition of your soul then determines how well you think and feel and decide. And if your soul is not healthy, then as you think, feel, and decide wrong, that's going to impact your journey. You're not going to have such a good journey because of wrong decisions, wrong emotions, wrong, wrong thinking, and all of that kind of works together. Now, I used this word earlier, 
on, for soul, the Greek New Testament word is suke. And, it, and here's my point. This is the only reason I brought it up. It's the same root word that we get the word psychology from. Now, in church world, people have kind of pushed back against psychology, and I don't think that you have to. You don't make it your religion, but you use it as a tool because psychology helps you to understand how the soul works. For years and years and years, we've been told what the Bible says, what the Bible says, what the Bible says. But if we don't understand how the soul works, we're not able to work that into our, into our life. And so it's with understanding how the soul works. Get this, get this. Understanding how the soul works will help you understand how to overcome temptation. Understanding how the soul works will help you to make a habit or break a habit. Understanding how the soul works will help you to manage emotions or manage attitudes. It is vital that we know how this works, how the soul operates so that we can get the truth of God's word processed into our soul, changing our lives. If you're with me, say amen on this. All right. Now, here's what we have. Here's what we have. Hurts, trouble, anxiety. Everybody here has hurts, trouble, anxiety. Watch this. Hurts are from your past. Trouble is in your present. Anxiety is about your future. So if we look at this, where do my hurts come from? They come from my past. Somebody did something or they didn't do something. They said something or they didn't say something. And it hurt me and it hurt you. Some people were careless. Some people were just evil or selfish. And you and I got hurt. You got to own it. Hurts. Where? In our soul. Trouble. That's things you're dealing with right now. What am I going to do about this, this bill? And some of your trouble may be self-inflicted. Some of your trouble may be because you haven't handled the hurts. Some of your trouble is just because this is life. This is earth. We have things going on, questions, needs, challenges, problems, diagnosis, whatever it would be. So you have troubles. Where do we feel that? Where do we process that in the soul? And then we have anxiety. Anxiety is the things we're concerned about, we're worried about. What am I going to do about that? I hope this turns out. What is our world coming to? We have have all these things that we are anxious about. And where do we deal with all of that? We deal with that in our soul. What do we need? What is the antidote? What is the thing that we need in our soul beyond hurts, trouble, and anxiety? Here's what we need. You ready? We need hope. We need hope. Everybody say hope. And let's look at hope just for a moment here. When hope is present, When hope is present, the soul is healthy. When hope is present, the soul is healthy. Say it with me. When hope is present, the soul is healthy. And guess what? When hope is absent, the soul is sick. And the soul is hurting. And so we want to make sure that we have hope in our soul. Hebrews 6.19 tells us this, that hope is the anchor for our soul. Look at this, church. Hope is the anchor for our soul. What does an anchor do? An anchor holds you in place. 
And see, even during wind and waves, an anchor holds you in place. And our world is so topsy-turvy. We have winds and waves, so to speak, and we need something that will hold us still so we're not in this place today and tomorrow we got blown away in some way. Are you, are you hearing me? Or we're just riding the waves out and it's like, what is going on with our life? No stability. No stability can be found unless we have hope as an anchor for our soul. Amen. Next, hope is a spiritual force. It's a spiritual force, which means we must have it. We can tell it's there, but we cannot describe it. We cannot explain it because it's a spiritual thing, and we need it. I said we need it. We need hope from beyond ourselves, and I cannot explain it. I, I, I can't. I can't give you definitions for this, but there are times that God will just give you hope. He will just put hope inside of you. It comes and it strengthens you from the inside. Everything else is going on on the outside. And somehow God just puts, anybody know what I'm talking about here? Do you, have you had this before? You're in something and all of a sudden there's a tangible, intangible on the inside of you. It's a hope and it strengthens you on the inside. You can't explain it. You can't say, well, it's because I ate this and I did this and I went there. No, it is God who gives you the spiritual force. And again, it does not strengthen you from the outside in. It strengthens you from the inside out. God puts it in your hope and thank God for it. Amen. He puts it in your soul. And lastly is this. Hope is a perspective. Hope is a perspective. Notice the root word here is the same as spectator or spectacles. It has to do with to see. Hope has to do with how you see. Did you know you can kill your own hope? You can kill hope. Sometimes people can't see things. Their perspective is is anti-hope. And someone tries to bring hope to them and they, and they bat it down, so to speak. They stiff arm it, so to speak, because they, they can't see it. You, you must be able to see so that you can have hope. What is the biggest aid, assuming that you can see well, what is the biggest aid to sight? Light. Light. Everybody say light. So you're going to have to get light in your soul so that you can have hope in your soul because when hope is present, the soul is healthy. So here's the caution. Now, I know I'm moving fast here. The information overload that we live in. I don't say this to disparage anybody out there, but we are getting our information largely from darkness. That is that there's not any kind of godly perspective or anything woven into it. We are just getting from an Information overload, media, social media, it is around you all the time. Turn your notifications off. Give yourself a break because what you're doing is fueling things into the soul. The soul has to process constant darkness, negativity. Everything in our world right now is reactional reacting to everything. So if this is bad, then all is bad. Let's get rid of everything. And this reactionary kind of thing going on, negativity going down, uh, going on, painting everything with broad strokes, and it's all coming out of darkness. It may be actual truth even, but if you're constantly getting just truth and having to process negative, dark, bad news all the time, truth, it will damage your soul and it will end up putting darkness in your soul. And that's why you watch news and listen to news and talk radio and this and that. And you wonder why. 
because it is now starting to choke your physical neck because it is wearing out your soul. You've got to put some limits on this. This is just ODing on this kind of thing. And if you watch and listen to that all day long or too much, you're going to be heavy in your soul. There could be darkness in your soul. Get this. Culture has stripped itself, even legislated, stripped itself of God and of truth. And so now when crisis comes and we don't have God or truth, there's no real thing to process life in crisis. Nothing to help. Nothing to heal. The epistles talk about a people that are without God and therefore without hope in the present world. If you leave God out and leave his truth out, you don't have anything to help you and and to bring hope and to bring restoration to your soul. And consequently then, with a broken, damaged soul and nothing to help it, you are hopeless. And you make wrong decisions and you feel wrong and you act wrong and you think wrong. As a result, are you hearing me? We need some help. We need some help in our soul. And that's what we're going to do with this series. Now, just real quick, if you'll just give me a couple minutes. First thing you need is light. Everybody say it, light. Psalm 119, verse 105 says this. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word, it's your word. You're going to, church, look at me. You're going to have to get God's word into your soul. Because when you look into God's word, you're going to be able to see some things. And here's what you're going to see. You're going to see the faithfulness, the goodness, and the greatness of God. And then when you are processing and dealing with life and crisis and events, then you can recall to mind, as Lamentation says, this I recall to my mind, and therefore I have hope. So if I'm able to see from the light of God's word, then when crisis comes, I'm able to see And see things through this, I can see that, well, God is faithful, God is good, God is strong, I'm never alone, I'm never without help, God saw this day, all of that comes from Scripture. Then I have hope on the inside. Now I'm able to process what happens. Again, it's not what happens to you, it's not what comes to you, it's what you do with what comes to you. And if your soul is is sick or damaged or injured or weak or dark, you're not going to have a shot. And that's why we have to do some things. And the first thing you can do is get light into your soul. And that hope then will impact your soul. It will be an anchor for your soul. It will strengthen your soul and affect how you think and how you feel and how you decide. So I just want to close with this this morning. Let the one who created you, let the one who loves you, let him help you. Jesus cares for your soul. Jesus cares for your soul. 1 Peter 2.25 refers to him as the shepherd and guardian of your soul. And Jesus alone can help and heal and restore our souls. Listen, no one else and nothing else, no one else and no thing else can bring rest and peace to your soul. Look in Psalm 62. David writes, my soul finds rest in God alone. Read it with me. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. Look with me in Matthew 11, and let's read from Jesus, and then we're going to close in prayer. Then Jesus said, come to me, 
all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. So let's hold up right there. Where are you weary? Where are you carrying heavy burdens? It's in your soul. It's in your soul. When you're carrying outside stuff, you know, you get a Gatorade and you take a nap, okay? You rest, you come back. But this is your soul, weary and heavy laden, heavy, carrying heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. Watch this. And you will find rest for your souls. Now, in this series, we're going to learn some things that you can do to help your soul. But there's some things that you cannot do, I cannot do. If we knew how to do this, we would have already done it. We would have restored our soul. Perhaps God designed it this way so that we would come back to him. So that every one of us would recognize, you know what I need? Not smarts, not relationships, not money, not gifts, not talents. I need my creator who created me. The one who created me is able to bring me back to the point of creation. He's able to bring me back and restore me. And make me new again in my soul. I want us this morning. Did you get anything at all out of this this, this morning? Okay. Um, the last thing I ever want to do is be heady about this. But there's information we have to get across so we can see this. So that can really impact. I tried to deliver this from my heart this morning. What I want to do this morning just simply before we leave is take a moment and invite the Lord. This is, this is all he needs, is to invite him to restore your soul. I promise you, seriously, I promise you that probably every person in this place, we could use a little restoration in our soul right now. Some of you might be a little better off in your soul than others. Some of you are in such agony and weakness in your soul today. That's why I'm weeping. And God wants to help you. And I can't explain it, how he does, what he does. But Jesus said, just come to me. Come to me and you're going to find rest. He's the one who restores our soul. Would you just bow your head, close your eyes, and just put your hands out in front of you just as if to receive something. Lord, right now in this moment, a holy moment, I pray on behalf of everyone here and everyone online. You are the shepherd and guardian of our souls. You know well the condition of our soul. You know the state that it can be in. And we acknowledge this morning, you're the only one who can restore our soul. And we need it. We invite you this morning. Not so much in dramatic ways, but in real ways, noticeable ways. Begin to restore our souls. Help us over today and the next day and for the rest of our life. To simply pull away and make time and invite you to restore our soul. At the very beginning, you breathed into our nostrils and man became a living soul. God, do whatever you have to do. Breathe upon us, touch us, just impart, but restore our souls. And as a result, Lord, and as we learn, help us to process better. Know that, help us to know there's nothing that we cannot handle with you. You will help us with every situation of life. And we just say to you, we trust you. 
Restore our soul. Heal our soul. Help us with our hurts, with our trouble, with our anxiety as we look to you, the shepherd and guardian of our soul. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Now would you pray this prayer with me? Father God, I come to you now. In Jesus' name, Jesus who loves me, gave himself for me. Lord, I love you and I give myself to you. I ask you right now, come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. And by the blood of Jesus, shed for me. Forgive me right now of every sin. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Make me brand new and set me free. And now fill me with your peace with your joy, with the Holy Spirit, with hope, and with the assurance. You'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. I thank you now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart, it counts. God heard it. I think it's very, very important that you share that with somebody. Because listen, if you're going to have Hope. If you're going to have someone restore your soul, only the Lord can do that. And that happens through relationship with him. Tell somebody about that so you can grow in your relationship. I kind of ran us out of time this morning. Uh, I apologize. Don't apologize. I think we've had a wonderful morning. Prayer team's going to be across the front. Amen. Prayer team will be across the front if you need prayer for anything. Or come tell them, hey, I prayed that prayer today. And they'll rejoice with you and they have some information to give to you. It's been a great morning. I love you guys. God bless you. Peace to your house. Be filled with hope and be strong. You're dismissed. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.